Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Philip. How goes the cyclone bomb? Well, it's a bit of a bomb, I'm afraid. It's, uh, you know, we're all hoping here for a giant blizzard, knee-deep snow. Instead, we get uh, a warm slush falling from the sky. Warm slushies falling from the sky. It's strawberry slushy here in uh, Brooklyn. No, dear. Not sure <laughs> Is that just because you're close to the Gowanus? Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. The canal. So, uh, welcome, welcome, uh, thank you for listening to our audience. Hello, you, with the earphones on, or in your car, or, I wonder where are you? This is what the if. If this is, uh, everyone out there, if this is your first time listening, raise your hand. Oh, wow. That's more than I would have expected. That's really, yeah. Wow. So, welcome. Um, if you've been here before, you know what this is. We call it what the if because we take a what if, we ask what if, and mostly we explore uh, cosmology, space, and absurdity. <laughs> it seems to be how we're... we're yeah, uh, say mostly absurdity. Yeah. A lot of, it's kind of physics, fun with physics. That's kind of part of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, also, we we like to go on an exploration. We like to go on a bit of a journey into a new world. What happens when you change one thing? So the, when we say "what if," the, it's like "what if we could change X about the universe?" Yeah, and nothing else. We 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 aim to do that. It's mm-hmm. a bit the big "what if," and. Um, why, why, Matt, can you explain why it's not, why don't we call the show What If? It's What The If. It's What The If, because we're, we're outraged by the, the changes in the universe and we need to express our, uh, uh, our high emotions regarding this change in the constant of laws of physics. Exactly. Exactly. We, we, um, we identify with the feelings of the universe having been tweaked. Yes, that's right. No doubt the universe itself is quite upset by this process. What are you doing to me? Yes. (laughs) And uh, so I did a poll on Twitter. Uh, Our Twitter uh, account is what the if show, what what the if show on Twitter. And um, a little while ago, I'd done a poll and and I posted uh, three possible, three ideas because different people were suggesting different things. And I was curious what kinds of things uh, our audience is interested the most. And the three things were upload your consciousness. Cool topic. Mm-hmm. Slow your aging. Cool topic. And live in the quantum world. And uh, this week we are, that's what we're going to do. We're going to live in the quantum world. What in the world does that, what is it? First of all, before even explaining it. Mm-hmm. Describe what we, I'm, we're in it. We're just boom. What what the if we lived in a quantum world, meaning, I guess, that our world operates according to the laws of quantum. Yeah. Um, so lots of weird stuff. It's uh, let's see here. It's going to be hard to drink your beer. Oh, wait. Already. Um, already. Things are <laughs> it's all over. <laughs> uh, it's hard to get where you're going. Um, uh, hard to find your keys. Huh. 
Oh, yeah. Even more keys hard. Okay. More hard. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, that might explain a lot, right? If yeah. keys and s- single socks in the laundry obey quantum laws, then yes. that explains a great deal. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, it would either not be a pleasant place to live or it would be really exciting, I guess, depending on your point of view. Okay. All right. So exciting. So, so why is it hard to drink my beer? All right. So I said there's lots of weirdness. So I should say, well, we should probably um, uh, take a step back. So when we say the quantum world, yes. we mean um, essentially the the world with subatomic particles and smaller. So by the time you get down to individual electrons and protons, um, they behave in ways differently than our normal universe. Right. I have to throw in. Uh, I, I've mentioned this story before, but I, I every time I hear about atoms and the structure of atoms, I have to tell this story that uh, I once got to go teach a kindergarten class at a uh, local elementary school that is that is science and art related, which very cool. I, I wish I got to go to a school like that. Would yeah. have been pretty amazing. Anyway, but of course, you know they had a bun, they had a pet bunny in their classroom, <laughs> a little white fluffy bunny whose name was Einstein. Good, good. And in fact, the white fluffy hair <laughs> was I, I, I don't know, matched up. Yeah. Perfect. So I went and uh, I, I had to teach this uh, something to this kindergarten class. I was the guest. I And uh, I had just done a documentary about Einstein. So I went in there and I there were two things I knew I could do. One, show the picture of Einstein with his tongue out. Sure. Right. And that was a blast. All the, and then I had all the kids do that. So I had like 25 kindergartners sticking their tongue out of me and Good. laughing. Yep. That was excellent. The second thing was uh, Richard Feynman, great physicist, had mm-hmm. said that if you, what is it? If you passed on, if we passed on one sentence to future civilizations, if they were to lose everything, <laughs> lose all knowledge. Right. He said, this one sentence he would pass on would be everything is made of atoms. Yeah. So I Um, taught them that. And I said, uh, I was tempted to say, if you took Einstein, the bunny and you cut him up in smaller and smaller pieces, (laughs) I didn't do that, but I said, I'm sure they appreciated you not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But I held up a ball as a man, you know, and and then, you know, they got the concept of atoms, which is that everything is made of atoms in the sense that if you keep cutting some, take anything and you cut it smaller, 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 Mm -hmm. smaller, eventually you get down to what people thought were the most fundamental particles, which is an atom. Mm hmm. And I should uh, say the, the word Adam literally means that which cannot be cut any further. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's so good. actually, so the phrase subatomic particle is actually an oxymoron. <laughs> uh, gotcha. <laughs> Take that, Aristotle. That's and, right. Um, the principal came in at the end of this class and said, well, kids, what did you learn today? And this one kid stood up and he said, uh, you know, they knew that, you know, she said, what did you learn from Mr. Philip uh, this week? And one kid stood up and he says, uh, we learned that everything is made of uh, Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> and when I asked him how he came up with that, actually, of the brilliant insight mm-hmm. that everything is made up of me, he said, uh, oh, well, I just, I... I knew it was the name of a friend, and I have a friend named Adam. 
And so, whoa, I thought, oh, but yeah. And I was like, oh, it's a T O M. Yeah, that's no, brilliant. But uh, uh, although I should say that kind of the idea that everything is made of you reminds me of that Futurama episode where Bender has a machine that keeps splitting him into two smaller parts. Oh, really? I don't know if you've seen this. Um, so they keep getting smaller and smaller because he's he doesn't want to do anything. So he keeps making more copies of himself so he doesn't have to do stuff right. um, until eventually sort of the entire universe becomes composed of Benders. Um, <laughs> that's great. That's excellent. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, Everything is, people thought everything was made of atoms. It turned out, as we probed further, <laughs> that uh, the atom is made up of things. Yeah. And all those things are subatomic particles, we say. And they don't, what goes on inside the atom is different than what goes on outside. It's different. Yeah. So, you know, we get, by we, I mean, you know, humanity. Um with modern science, meaning uh, post-Newton, uh, we get pretty good at predicting and understanding the motion of things like the planets and the moon and falling balls and things like that. Um, and it's assumed that when we try to apply those same laws to smaller things like atoms, that those laws will still hold. Um, but it turns out around the early 20th century or so that that seemed to not be the case, um, that there were some strange things going on. And the the attempt to make sense of those strange things is what we call quantum physics, quantum mechanics. Um, and so because there's just, a the yeah. quantum means, <laughs> well, qu quantum literally means how much, which probably doesn't help. Yeah. Um, so, so the, uh, the earliest or the first idea of a quantum process, um, is an electron moving around inside an atom. And, uh, Einstein this is actually what Einstein gets the Nobel prize for is, uh, Einstein comes up with the idea that maybe, um, electrons can't move smoothly around inside an atom, but instead have to kind of jump from place to place all at once. So the amount of energy uh, needed for the electron to jump suddenly from place to place is called a quanta. Um, so it's Latin for, for how much, meaning how much energy is needed. Oh. So, so we call those processes quantum processes because it all kind of started with that initial idea. Right. And so it's a, uh, the, the solar system, for instance, is not an exact model for what the atom looks like. But, but no, yet no, the, right. the sort of stereotypical way of picturing an atom mm -hmm. is, is uh, the nucleus in the center and then the electrons in these orbits circling it kind of like planets. I mean, the truth <laughs> is it's more like a, yep. it's like a cloud. But so actually, we, even if we go with that, let's go with the more realistic view. It's sort of like a cloud but it's a cloud at a particular distance. Right. And uh, this is the, one of the, the first weird claims of quantum physics is that uh, that cloud of electrons can only be a certain distance from the nucleus. All right. And this is right. probably a good place to start kind of getting some traction on how our quantum lives are going to be different. So if you think of the analogy of the solar system, right. um, so the earth is a particular distance from the sun, about like 90 million miles, right. but it could be a little bit closer. Mm -hmm. Okay. It could be 10 feet closer. It could be a hundred feet closer. It could be a hundred miles closer. Um, that's, we, we would call that a smooth function. 
Um, the, it would be, have to be going at a different speed to be stable, but those are all possible orbits. Right. Um, so it turns out that's not the case for electrons in an atom, that there are only certain permitted places where the electron is allowed to be. Yeah, totally weird. So an electron yeah. is, it is orbiting the nucleus. <laughs> so a little electron spinning around that's what when you see the symbol of an atom or you know a little thing and there's like those circles all around the or ellipses all around yep. the <laughs> center and all that empty space around it those that's where the electrons are spinning meaning and if the it really is spinning right it's like the electron wants to fly away but the elect but the force well, this is where it gets a little hazy. Oh, um, interesting. <laughs> sort, interesting. Sort of analogy breaks down. Right. Um, but the uh, so if if you were like an electron in this sense, um, you would have certain permitted places you could be. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So if you've got a couch, right, and you've got a couch, and your couch has three cushions across the bottom. Yeah. Right? Um, if you're polite, you sit on one of those cushions, and then two of your friends can sit on each of the other two cushions. Right. But if you're if you're not polite, you can just spread out over two cushions. Right. No, nothing prevents you from doing that except for politeness. That's right. Right. But if your couch was quantum, you might only be able to sit on the cushion. <laughs> and and you'd say, well, why can't I sit in between? And we say, because you're living in a quantum world now, right? You can you can only move places uh, by steps, you right? And you can't. Is there, for those who watch The Big Bang Theory, uh, a show which I have enjoyed, uh, Sheldon, mm -hmm. the only sits. He you know he has his spot on the couch, just like. That's where daddy sits or, you know, mm -hmm. he has a pillow and he always sits on that one pillow ah. at the end of the sofa. Right. That's his spot. And if occasionally hilarity ensues. No doubt. <laughs> when a guest comes over to their apartment and sits there and then Sheldon enters the room. It's like he, he just doesn't know what to do because he can only sit in his on his spot. Yeah. And okay. <laughs> so so let's say was that now the person there who's. Uh, committed this horrible faux pas of sitting in Sheldon's spot on the sofa, on Sheldon's pillow, cannot, in the quantum world, using these the the the, the way the things happen inside the atom, mm -hmm. uh, the way particles move inside the atom, that person cannot just slide over to the middle pillow. Exactly right, and in fact, they have to vanish from one pillow, and. <laughs> and appear on the next pillow. That is, they're, they're not allowed to transition smoothly from one to the next. Right. But I, I'm gonna, let's, let's make this even bigger. Let's say uh, just a little bigger scale. So my grandfather always sat in his, he had his chair, his lazy boy chair. Yeah. Right. That's grandpa's seat. And he watches Star Trek or golf. Mm-hmm. And he mute every time a commercial comes on, he mutes it immediately, <laughs> which is an excellent habit that I I learned. So he sits there, and let's say then there's the sofa. Sorry, right, so there's the yeah. sofa, mm -hmm. right? And there's the lazy boy easy chair in front of the TV. If you went and sat in Grandpa's chair. Mm -hmm. And then grandpa came in the room 
with his Jack Daniels on the rocks in his hand Mm -hmm. and it's four o'clock and it's time to watch TV. Star Trek is coming on. Then you got to get up. You cannot (laughs) get up and you can't, you can't even stand up Mm -hmm. and let alone walk. However many steps it takes to go across the carpet in the living room to the sofa and sit Mm -hmm. down. No, there's no in between. Right. You just have to poof onto the couch. Right. Um, and that seems so absurd that just like that can't, that can't be right. Right. That's so contrary to our intuitive experience of the world. Um, and you know, Einstein recognizes this right away, how absurd it is. Um, but he, uh, he says, look, I know this doesn't make any sense, but, uh, it lets us do the calculations that lets us predict what we see in the lab. So let's just kind of run with this for a little bit Um, with with the fully idea in his head that eventually we would understand what happens in between, like, or why you can't be in between. Um, And he never succeeds in doing that, actually. Uh, Instead, other folks like Niels Bohr and Werner Heisenberg um, look at this and they say, okay, I guess that's actually the way the world is. Right. You have to jump from lazy boy to the couch. And that's just the way it is. Fine. Um, and this becomes one of the great sort of metaphysical questions of, of the 20th century. Um, is, is the quantum world real or do we just not understand it quite right? Right. This is, is amazing to me that Einstein, so Einstein, I didn't, I, I'm not sure I realized that Einstein is the one who figures out that this is how the little particles inside the atom. Mm-hmm. And it's not just electrons, right? I suppose it's every part, everything. Well, it's every part, but electrons are particularly easy to see it in because they're small and fast. Right. So he's, you know, he figured out, wow, electrons can only exist in these. It, 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 it's this far away from the nucleus spinning. And if it wants to go, if it picks up more energy, it would, instead of like the Earth spinning around the sun, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, or even better, let's just take the space station that circles sure. the Earth. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you speed it up, it will go a little bit high, quote, higher. It will go a little bit for, farther from the Earth because it has more energy and it can kind of get farther away in a way. But right. gravity yep. still holds it. Mm-hmm. And the faster you go, the farther you get to go away. Not so with electrons. So they have to build up. Is it that they will stay in their place until they get enough energy mm-hmm. to jump? Yep, that's right. And they uh, they get that energy uh, all of a sudden in, in a in a packet. Um, uh-huh. And that's that's what we call like a quantum leap. That's what that that term refers to is this yes. sudden change. Right. Um, yeah. So in terms of your grandpa um, watching TV. Yeah. So, yeah. Chair versus couch, I think, works pretty well. But um and the also TV works. is the nucleus, let's say. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The, the thing that no one can escape from. That's right. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it works with speed and energy, as you said too. So if you and I, um, you know, when you're strolling down the street in on, in Manhattan, right. And you're on Broadway, uh, you're in times square, you can walk as slow or as fast as you are capable of doing. Right. And if you're a tourist, that's very, very slow. (laughs) And if you're a New Yorker, that's very fast, but, uh, you know, you can, if you can 
your normal walking speed is two miles an hour, you can walk one mile an hour, 1.1 or 0.3. You can choose any speed to go at that you're capable. Um, But if this, if you were quantum, that would not be true. That is you, you would, you might be at zero, you're not going anywhere. And then suddenly you would absorb a packet of energy and you would be going a certain speed. But there, there would be no transition time of speeding up or warming up. It's just you go from zero to four or whatever right. the number would be, right? And then you say, well, okay, so I'm at four now and I want to go at five. Uh, unfortunately, the packets of energy around you are all values of two. So you can only go four, six, eight, ten. Wow. And... Right. And you could only do that if you absorbed a packet of energy. Yep, that's right. If there's no packet of energy, you're stuck. Zooming around, you just hang out. Yep. And, and you're, in fact, uh, the weird thing is, I suppose, if there's no packet of energy, you stay exactly at that four miles an hour, no matter what. Yep. You just keep going. <laughs> like a, yep. You just keep coasting. Um, and you're fine with that, right? So probably the majority of the electrons in the universe are in that state of just happily cruising along. Right. Um, and, 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 and visually, what this means, actually, is that, so for instance, everything is made of atoms, uh, A-T-O-M, or yes. <laughs> if you're, you know, our friend from kindergarten, uh, Phillips. And for instance, like a tabletop, is a, uh, always, I always feel is a good example. It's, it looks solid, but in mm-hmm. fact, it's, uh, it's like a collection of um, little, let's say, little balls, uh, little right. atoms mm-hmm. that are all stuck together. And when you push your hand down and you hit the table and you can't get your hand through it, it's because all the atoms are sitting there like a fence or a solid Mm -hmm. block, like a crystal. But inside those atoms, there are things moving. That So my hand, as it comes down towards the table, can move. I can stop my hand anywhere. I can also Mm -hmm. hit the table with any amount of force I want. Right. Yeah. But the atoms inside can only react to certain levels of energy. Yeah. And those levels of energy, so then you might say, why don't I notice that, mm-hmm. that so we call this a discontinuity, right? Why don't, why don't I notice that discontinuity where things jump from place to place? Right. And the answer usually given is that those discontinuities, those packets of energy are so tiny that uh, you can't, that I can't, you and I can't tell the difference between a million packets and a million and one packets, Ah, okay. Right. Right. Um, but this, um, this question essentially, which is why don't we observe these quantum effects in the everyday world is one of the, the earliest questions of quantum physics that people have to grapple with. Um, and Niels Bohr, who's the guy who kind of really runs with these quantum ideas, um, proposes, uh, uh, this idea he calls, um, the course, the correspondence principle. He says there, there must be some point at which, uh, our everyday experience can match up up with the quantum experience. So whatever laws you come up with for quantum physics, as you get larger and larger scale using those laws, you should eventually get to the world we recognize here. Right. So another thing is we're we're used to looking at pictures on computers now, for instance, and we know the picture is made up of dots. 
mm-hmm. or even back in the you know newspapers similarly. So imagine your computer screen, you've got a picture there. If you zoom all the way in, you will eventually see each individual pixel. Let's yeah. say they're little squares. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no pixel in between other pixels. Like that right. just that you've gotten down to the basic mesh of the uh, of that little universe. Mm-hmm. But when you look farther away, it seems to be continuous. Yeah. So but I think he- that's that's a very good analogy. That's the, precisely the same. So if, so if you accept that what looks like a smooth, continuous picture is actually made of discrete pixels, then that's exactly what's going on with energy in the quantum world. Cool. Oh, or another thing is, uh, you know, if you, you have a you're looking at text on your screen, you're looking at a web page mm-hmm. and there's a text article and you keep making it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. You will see that the letters which appeared smooth, like the letter O, mm-hmm. when you get really close to it and you see the individual pixels, you actually see that it's quite jagged. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's essentially what you do in the laboratory when you start doing experiments on individual electrons. It's like zooming into that picture ah. and you see pixels. Right? And so we, in our imagine, in our what the if here, we are mm-hmm. living in the world where those pixels are so huge mm-hmm. in a way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to think about it. That's right. That, um, uh, yeah, we, we've made the pixels of energy so big that we can now see the, um, the, the discreteness of them, those little blobs. Which is pot like, uh, I'm sure the mathematics is complicated, but mm-hmm. it's possible that there is another universe or th- there's no particular reason why our universe has pixels of this or quanta of this size. Well, that's an interesting question. Um, I think uh, a, uh, a proper answer to that a question would be Nobel worthy, um, mm-hmm. which is because so the, the constant that determines how big those packets are is called Planck's constant, right. uh, named after uh, Max Planck, uh, who does sort of the foundational work that um, Einstein and Bohr then build on. Um, and it is very is a very small number, but you could conceive of a universe in which Planck's constant was quite large, and then. Um, uh, yeah, then quantum phenomena would be easier to see. Right. Uh, that would have so it's some, like it's like Minecraft. Yeah. Uh, for those of you familiar with the game Minecraft, okay. yeah. And if you're under a certain age, you're not only familiar with it, but you do live in that world. <laughs> you are playing it so often, and uh, so yeah, any, everything's big and blocky. So let's take our normal world, and uh, we're walking down Broadway, mm-hmm. and. Every this does it now. Here's the strange thing: is the size of things also like this? Like, is this the size of it? I guess what it means is actually that um, bricks, for instance. Let's say you if there's mm-hmm. you're walking down a nice street in Greenwich Village, and the you know the brick houses, right, row houses, all lined up. They have yep. bricks. In this universe. The bricks can only be certain sizes. Yeah, that's right. So in Minecraft, and I want to emphasize again, this is all an analogy, right? By by size of bricks, we're talking about amount of energy or okay. amount uh-huh. of motion, right? Right, right, right. Um, so in the same way that in Minecraft, you can only put one block down. You can't put down half a block 
right. or a quarter right. of a block, right? You can only put a block down. Right. Um, that's how electrons deal with energy. They can grab a whole packet of energy um, or they cannot, but they can't take half of it. So does that mean, as I'm walking down the street, that actually visually things don't have to be blocky? Well, no, sorry. So the um, the shape of the things isn't what you would see, but rather the the movement of things would appear to be blocky. Uh-huh. So you'd watch your grandpa um, just boink from chair <laughs> to the chair to the sofa, right. to the liquor cabinet, right? Um, uh, so the, the the motion would appear discontinuous. But it, so what we're also saying is that in this world, the space in between does exist. Yep. You just might not be able to hang out in it. Right. So inside the atom, it's not like space itself is, has these divisions. Well, I should say this is actually, this is something of an open question of whether or not the the technical term here would be, is space quantized? Uh, Um, And uh, the answer is probably but we're not quite sure. Um, But that was, that would not be the first thing you would notice. Um, It would be the, uh, uh, the jumping from place to place would be the first thing you would notice. Right. So here's the weird thing. Let's take a major leap into the weirdness of this difference between this world and our world. As I'm walking down the street, I see other people walking in, in my direction and in the opposite direction. So mm-hmm. walking with me or coming at me, and they are just jumping, boink, 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 right? Yep. And if those jump, those jumps could be huge. Uh, that's right. Yeah. If there's a sufficiently large packet of energy, um, they can absorb it all at once. And when that happens to, so an electron hanging out in an atom, it absorbs little packets of energy and moves from place to place inside the atom. Right. But if it gets a really big one, then it gets chucked out of the atom altogether. That is, that's, that's one of these really big leaps. So as the and people the electron, yeah. walk into Starbucks, they mm. are moving in small leaps because they don't have the energy. Oh, okay. Yep. After that's they right. get their mm-hmm. coffee, they now have a big packet of energy. Right. They drink it. <laughs> and so the people coming out of Starbucks are moving in big leaps. Boink, yeah. boink, boink, boink. Okay. That sounds good. I'll buy that. Yep. That's right. So that's, um, and the, this, uh, this is this is called the photoelectric effect when you see it in the uh, in the laboratory, and the the particular weird thing here is that um, it doesn't matter how many of those small packets of energy you get, they'll never add up to the one big packet. Same again. So yeah, this is weird. Um, so let's hear. So as I'm going to Starbucks, I don't have my coffee yet. That's right. I've got uh, let's say jelly beans. All right. Okay. So Ah, um, when I eat the jelly bean, I get a little bit of energy. Right. And, uh, but I need a, I need a huge amount of energy to get from uh, the place where I am to work. So you might say, just eat a whole bunch of jelly beans Uh and Uh and they'll they'll all add up eventually. Um, And it turns out that's not the case that I can eat in the quantum world. I'll eat as many jelly beans as I want and I'll never be able to jump all the way to work. But if I can get (laughs) one, if I can get one cappuccino, then if I get the energy all at once, then that'll bounce me to work. Ah, okay. So you're not right. allowed to add up individual packets. You got to get a, right. a packet of just the yeah. right. 
minimum size at least. Exactly. And that's, um, and that's weird, right? That's not what you would expect. Or that's not the way we, uh, we normally do things, right? It's, you know, you fill up your gas tank in your car. You can, you know, if you fill it up a hundred times with an ounce each, you get a hundred ounces and you say, well, that should be the same as just getting a hundred ounces of gas all at once. Right. Um, and it turns out that's not the case. So sort of like whatever effect a packet is going to have, it only if uh, it's only good when it hits you. Yeah. And then yeah. it's gone. You, you can't yeah. add up the, the, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bond. And that's, and that's the key insight that Einstein has that kind of gets quantum mechanics off the ground uh, is to say, what if, what if energy is transmitted like that? Um, so as I walk the, down the street, then for instance, even weird things like the leaves on the trees, <laughs> as they're blowing in the wind, they, it, it's not like a smooth blowing. It's like the tree is just sort of, the leaves are all snapping into different places. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's an, yeah, that's an interesting thought. Um, yeah, no, branches cannot sway uh, nicely in a quantum world, um, but rather, yeah, you'd see them snapping from position to position. Um, Bizarre. Yeah, I'm trying to, I can't even think of a good visual analogy for what that would be like. It's so, so different than what. Yeah, don't, don't do drugs. And then, and then, okay, so going even further, isn't mm-hmm. it true? Isn't it true, professor, <laughs> <laughs> that when you were walking down the street on March 7th, 2018, you saw people moving an in individual block, you know, snapping, just popping from place to place as they went down the street. But in fact, mm-hmm. you claim <laughs> that you didn't keep uh, popping from place to place along the sidewalk from one corner to the next, but you suddenly appeared somewhere else in the city entirely. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. So this is a, an inconvenient um, or maybe very convenient right. uh, <laughs> side effect of this as well. So since electrons or people walking down the street in our analogy um, don't have to traverse the distance in between their starting and ending locations. Um, sometimes you can just pop up anywhere you like, right? If you've got so any, anywhere you have sufficient energy for, um, you can just appear and you don't have to traverse the, the distance in between. And sometimes even if there's stuff in between you and your destination, that's fine too. So you can jump through, you can quantum jump through a wall uh, and that's fine. Mean, meaning long, you, and in fact, you don't go through the wall. You, that's right. You are simply on the other side of the wall. Boom, you appear in, right. Yeah. So you're walking down this beautiful street mm-hmm. and suddenly, boom, you are inside of one of the houses. And everybody's looking at you. And it was very startled, right? They're like, (laughs) we just muted the television ads. How did you get in here? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then vice versa, too. So you're sitting on the couch having a perfectly reasonable time. um, And then suddenly you catch a packet of energy unintentionally. Right. um, And uh, you're in line at a Dunkin Donuts. (laughs) Where right. where huge packets of energy are being <laughs> doled right. exactly. out for just about a dollar each. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, so that's um, th- this phenomenon is called quantum tunneling uh, when a, when a particle appears to go through a solid object. And, and you said it right that it doesn't really go through. Right. It just appears on the other side. Um, but it sure seems like it goes through is, is the 
yeah, is the way the we mind, usually see it, right? The mind, yeah. Um, and it's also uh, so that the likelihood of that happening of um, you teleporting through a solid object like a wall uh, depends on how fast you're going as well. Mm. So um, if I if I'm just strolling at promenade speed, I'm not likely to suddenly jump through the wall. Um, but if I'm sprinting, then I'm much more likely to be able to go through the wall. Uh, and this is, again, a thing you can do in the lab. So you take slow electrons and fire them at a wall right. and they'll just bounce off. And if you fire fast electrons every now and then, one of the electrons will simply go through as though there was nothing there. Right. So it isn't interesting. I, I actually thought that you might suddenly appear somewhere else in the universe, but it's not that you would have to be hit with a big pack of energy. That's right. Yeah. You still, you still need, um, uh, you can, you can appear anywhere you have sufficient energy for. Um, and there are rules about that. Uh, so the, the likelihood of you going, uh, very far away drops off quite rapidly. Right. Now, another bizarre thing is we're going to, we're going to quantum leap to this last thing which is yeah. a whole nother area, but entanglement. Oof. So my, my cat here, Mosey, is her name, and I, are, we're very close. Not and, sure. you know, and actually, literally, she's sitting here right now. But <laughs> we, we, we know each other. And so mm-hmm. let's say we were each in, entangled in, in, in whatever that concept is. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to know, look into that. It's a fascinating thing. But that means that... If Mosey get, gets with a packet of energy, as she always does, as soon as she, so I feed her, mm-hmm. she eats from the bowl and she runs out the door. Yeah. And she runs all the way to the other side of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Because we are, if we are truly entangled particles, meaning yeah. that at one point we were together as one, right? right. And then mm-hmm. uh, anything that happens to her also has an effect on me. That's right. Yeah. And exactly what that effect is can be confusing. Um, uh-huh. But essentially, you're, you're, uh, one way to think of it would be um, you're aware of what happens to her uh, uh-huh. or she could send a message to you um, uh, essentially instantly. Uh, you know, she gets, I don't know, fed by a different person right. on the other side. Uh, and you, you know that. And it's not that you hear her meow. No, and then say, "Oh, I guess she was fed." But rather, your very existence—the <laughs> nature of your being—is so closely uh, correlated with your cat that uh, things that affect her uh, affect you as well. Or is it that uh, if she meows, I meow? <laughs> well, see, so this is the things that there's no <laughs> there's there's no good everyday analogy for exactly what is transmitted. Right. via entangled particles um i'm trying to think but by the I way if it meant, if it did mean that when she meowed i meow that mm-hmm. would also mean that when i talk she talks that would be kind of terrifying yeah right your cat suddenly starts talking back to you yeah yeah well they'd be talking to whoever just fed them Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and I'd, I'd say, bring me, something. bring me food, bring me, right. And, and, uh, and when yeah. she eats, I feel, uh, I, I feel like I ate too. Ah, okay. No, all right. Here, here we got it. So normally 
when your cat wants to wake you up at three in the morning yes. to get fed, yeah. uh, the cat climbs onto you yep. and paws you or uh, meows or whatever uh, your particular cat does. Yep. Uh, my cat likes to just sit on my head and purr. Um, <laughs> and then it's so loud that kindness. it wakes me up. Um, so that's normally what a cat has to do to wake you up to get food. Um, if you and your cat were quantum entangled, the cat could be on the other side of the apartment right. and still be able to wake you up. So yes. the cat, the cat would not have to come over and wake you up, um, but could interact with you uh, from a distance. Right. Or actually, I realize actually maybe there's a, a simpler, a much simpler thing is that like twins, you know, there's a, I, I don't think it's exactly true, but the idea is that two identical twins really are more entangled in a sense. Like they, you know, they, they were literally one whatever you call it. Yeah. Cell. Blast assist. And then it divided. And then you had two identical people. And the idea would be that as they went through their life, no matter where one was, the other could experience, they could both experience what both are. Uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So that's right. The, the, I should say as a parent of identical twins, this isn't quite oh, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, uh, the, the twins you meet in fantasy stories where one knows what the other one is doing, um, is a good example of, of what a macroscopic quantum entanglement might be like. Right. I'm trying to think of classic, um, literary twins that do this, but I'm blanking. Yeah. Usually they're really scary. So. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to my twins, which are very nice. Oh, that's very good. That's yeah. very good. And and then lastly, these two entangled twins, as they walk around, are snapping from place to place, not traveling uh, in the yes, in-between. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, which I should say, when they were toddlers, it sometimes seemed like, right? Like I thought I had both of them in front of me, and all of a sudden, <laughs> one of them is on the other side of the playground. And I'm like, what the? Well, that, that's a perfect place to end. Uh, and and I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave our listeners with this, that the question of... That, so this is really going on inside atoms. Yeah. And the question is uh, that the scientists are still puzzled by and trying to figure out is this is actually how it is. So when you're inside the atom, this is how things work. You know, you, you things jump from place to place. Mm-hmm. And... At some point, things stop jumping and can move smoothly, and nobody knows exactly where that is. Yep, that's the that's the the, the correspondence principle that uh, I mentioned earlier. Is that there must be a point at which that happens, and then you can have really lively arguments about exactly where that happens so is it do i need five atoms do i need 50 is a hundred enough is a thousand um this is so if you want to get a couple of physicists arguing this is a good question to ask right. is that, and what what counts for large n a large number of a large enough number of particles that quantum things can't be seen anymore right and i guess the idea is the atom itself which is contains all these things which are snapping around the atom itself mm-hmm. can move smoothly that's uh, usually yes. It, usually it depends depends on the atom and exactly how it's moving. Uh, so it's because that's right on the the border of 
of the quantum right. world. Okay, so the border is at the size of atoms. Roughly speaking, yep. Yeah. Uh, and then, because it turns out you can, and this is again something that's... Um, uh, experimental physicists spend their time doing is trying to build the largest thing you can that still obeys quantum behavior. Right, right. Um, so that's kind of a parlor game is to figure out, okay, well, I made I made something uh, two nanometers long that o- that obeys quantum rules. And I said, oh, yeah, well, I made something four nanometers long. Um, and uh, that's what they do. Right. Yeah. And it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not we're still a long way from such a thing and I suppose we don't even know whether this can actually be done but there is some possibility that we could have what they call like macroscopic we, we could make something actually that's big enough that we could see that is still operating by quantum yep that's the that's the trick so there's no uh, uh, there's no rule against that right that is possible wow. you just need to be extremely careful about how you construct it and I think there is somebody who made a um sort of a, a, a hair thickness size thing that obeys quantum principles. Mm. Um, and that is technically macroscopic because, you know, you can see a hair, right? Wow. Well, that explains my hair, actually. And mine, too, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, <we've> <laughs> Suddenly <laughs> it's sticking <laughs> it's out. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this this bizarre journey into the quantum world. I'm gonna, we're going to slowly dial the if back down and smoothness returns to, to our universe. And uh, tell us what you thought. Did you enjoy this journey? You could email us at feedback at whattheif.com. Yeah, you, let us know if this drove you mad. Yeah, yeah. Or do you want to hear more? I mean, because, uh, uh, you know, if enough people write in that they want us to continue any particular if, we can turn that if back up anytime. Yep, that's right. I should say, especially this one, there's a lot of ifs going on here. Yeah. We just kind of scratched the surface. Yeah, exactly. We scratched the surface, and we're not sure how deep we have to go to see that that scratch is not one long, continuous scratch, mm-hmm. but yeah, discontinuous right. scratches. I just blew my own mind. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week. Uh, you can get this episode automatically if you don't already know. If you subscribe to What the If by going to iTunes or Overcast or Google Play or Stitcher or TuneIn or Player.fm, every day I find a new thing that we are listed on. Uh, all these different podcast services. Hit the subscribe button and we show up automatically, smoothly but discontinuously. And it, episodic. Our episodes are quanta. You see, yes. it just yes, shows right. up. Shows up. Boing. There's a new one. And uh, also, very exciting news. We'll, uh, I'll have more next week. But we are now going to uh, be sponsored by our friends at the Unemployed Philosophers Guild. Woo! Makers of smart. Uh, th- see, we haven't started yet because they're going to tell me what to say. But Fine they- intellectual products. Yeah, exactly. Like Carl Sagan finger puppets. Need yep. to say more. And uh, and some Star Trek related items. We're going to have all kinds of things. And so su- suggest ideas. The people who, uh, whoever's idea we pick to explore any individual week will receive a free, exciting gift of a finger puppet. Or a captain's log, or um, relatively strong mints from Einstein. 
these are the kind of things you'll get if we went into philosophy. They they actually do sell Freudian slippers. Nice. Yes. So do that. Thank you for listening, Matt. Always a blast. Thank you for taking us safely on this journey. Yes, hopefully, relatively safely. And thank your your kids for uh, having a cameo. They, <laughs> yes, they they're did always a, happy to they do did that. An excellent job. And we now store up our energy so that we will release it next week in an extreme burst of energy, which we call What the If, 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 if.